The Brutally Speaking podcast is proudly sponsored by Starving Artist Brewing. Starving Artist Brewing may be a small speck on Michigan's beer map, but they say big things come in small packages. A brewery who really puts their money where their mouth is, supporting underground artists far and wide. Making delicious beers with the simple belief that you should judge beer, not people. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. For over 30 years, Rockabilia has been the go-to destination for all things band merch. With over 500,000 items in their online store and collaborations with today's hottest bands, you're sure to find something you love. Use our code BREW10 at checkout and take 10% off your total order. So go pick up your favorite new piece of merch now over at rockabilia.com. Now, on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guest is Nick Brooks, vocalist of It Dies Today. This, honestly, is a long time coming. Um, When I had started the podcast, there were very weird, like, I would say 15, 20 people that were, like, kind of my bucket list guests that I was like, I want these people within, like, the first five years of the show. And I have pretty much collected all of them. I think really at this point, one of the only ones left is Keith from ETID. Although my goal really was just anyone from ETID, and I got that pretty quickly with Andy. But um, it was Brooks, it was Nate from Finch, uh, Hank from Hell from Turbo Negro, um, Brooks, um, like a handful of people. But like, and uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Justin from Revis and a few other people. But it was always these like people who kind of left or the bands that they were in weren't really around anymore. There was something that I always wanted to know about them or the record. And Brooks falls right into that category where by the time he left, the internet wasn't really what it is. You couldn't just find him on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and just see what he was doing the entirety of the time. Pretty much anything that you knew about him came from a press release, whether it came from a press release and you saw it on you know, maybe the band's MySpace page or uh, a press release that would end up on like the PRP or Lamgoat or something like that. And so for the most part, like once Brooks left, like that was kind of it. Like he just kind of disappeared. And there's so much that's interesting uh, about It Dies Today for me specifically, you know, obviously being my age, being into, you know, the bands that were on like Trustkill and, and Ferret and Victory, like we prime demographic of, you know, when uh, Cative Choir came out. And the thing that was really interesting was a lot of times like, I sort of joke that my favorite record of somebody's is usually the one everyone hates. See Finch, I love Say Hello to Sunshine. It is one of my favorite records of all time. Uh, it was largely not received well. Um, and I feel like Sirens was kind of the same thing. I think everyone in the scene uh, really, you know, 
forever scoring DP and then the Cadeth Choir, like everyone's like, those are the fucking holy grails of that era of, you know, metalcore or hardcore or whatever. And to me, the thing that I always kind of liked about the band was sort of more of their penchant for melody. Uh, I think Brooks has a really great singing voice. I think the band writes really good melodies to to kind of juxtapose against the the viciousness of their breakdowns and so forth. And honestly, I think Hadalak is a really interesting guitar player. I, th- I think his songwriting is really interesting. And just I think the band as a whole is really good. And it wasn't until Sirens came out that I really just kind of was like, they found the formula, I think, that works for them. I think Garth, you know, pulled something out of them. And this is really where I think the band maybe always wanted to be, but just didn't know how to get there yet. And so to see what I kind of, can, to me, figured was the the best version of this band. And then the singer just is like, I'm gone. And then the other thing that makes it kind of interesting is, is honestly, that's where a more local connection to me brought It Dies Today more to to me in the fact that Jason Wood, their vocalist, uh, lived here in Grand Rapids, was a part of many bands uh, that you know I loved around this area. And he kind of made sort of the friendships you know that I have with Maruso, really, and, and I guess Hadalak as well. Um, and so it went from being like It Dies Today feeling like there's this band of dudes that I admired from afar were now suddenly people that I, I knew on a personal level very closely um not close in the sense that we were close but like the proximity of being able to hang out with them and and all that kind of stuff got a lot more like one degree of separation so there's a lot more of the band where i just kind of felt like it was more of like a for lack of a better term it felt like a local band to us here in grand rapids because we had the connection to jason and it just became this thing where I always wondered what happened to Brooks. And, and as I've done plenty of times on the show where someone leaves something, the band goes away, they come back, whatever, you know, I just kind of wanted to know more about the human who, you know, experiences, who do you become now that you're at the thing you are known for, the thing you built is gone. Who are you? Who do you become? What does that metamorphosis look like? And what is it like to watch the thing continue on without you? And, you know, do you sort of become a fan of it, I guess? And, you know, just the, the relationship and how does it change in the dynamics? And, um, you know, it's just really interesting. And honestly, like I said, I don't really know what happened to Brooks <laughs> or what he's been up to. So I just casually wanted to know that. And then it just delves into my, my love letter for Buffalo. Um, it is one of my favorite cities outside of Atlanta to go visit. Um, so really, I, I have a feeling some of you are going to be really excited uh, to hear the Adise Today stuff, what he's been up to, and then it just full on is full local Buffalo talk. So we'll see how you all feel about it. But all that said, let's get into my conversation with Nick Brooks, and I'll talk to you all on the other side of it. Damn, now that I took the screen off, I feel like I'm super dark now. <laughs> Whatever, who cares? No one cares. Um, no, I mean, it's funny thinking about this because, like, it's, I don't know, it's it's so weird. Like, this last, like, week, I've just, I was actually talking to a publicist uh, for that works for Adam Splitter, uh, Tim, 
and him and I were going back and forth today just about like how weird and serendipitous life will be at times where it just kind of is a, is a central uh, checks and balances type thing where, you know, I was like, oh, I have this time off. My wife's leaving this weekend. Can we try to do a podcast like next weekend when I have nothing to do? I was like, oh, this doesn't work. And I go, okay, I have Monday and Tuesday at this time. Monday. All right, cool. Monday works. As soon as he sent me the email, like, yeah, that works. We're confirmed. I go, fuck, my wife like needed me to do something on Monday. It doesn't get out of work. Can we do it Tuesday? Yeah, that works. Uh, always works that way. And I go, dude, my life is just constantly checks and balances like that. I go, I like went and saw my friend who drums for train on Monday with a bunch of friends. So like uh, I'm getting used to paying bills because now my new job, like I get paid the same two days every month. Um, so it's kind of a little bit of a, a figuring out thing. But I was making the comment, I go, I paid all my bills, like I'm ahead, so I had some extra money, and then we're going to go out to the show. And then like because we brought friends with us with my extra tickets, they bought us drinks and shit. So I was like, oh, oh I, got nice. some extra, I got some extra money. So I bought some drinks, and then I bought a hoodie and bought something else so I can play with, like Xbox on my phone now. Um, and then like the next day, my battery shit out on me, and I was like, god damn it. <laughs> But then I was like, my wife then was like, oh, here's, you know, paid for my battery to give me a new battery. And then. Like I had an appointment that came through from like a week that fighting to get and just really came. I didn't know if they approved my my uh, rebuttal on it. So it just like life does that. I go like I was at a casino last week. I won 180 bucks. And then I get an email that like my car loan came out a day before it was supposed to. Yeah. And then like I was negative. So I go, I ended up having enough to cover it. But instead of winning $180, I won 17 essentially. <laughs> and I was like, so that's just how my life is like where it's like I don't really ever stress out it on anything because it just finds a way. And how that kind of correlates to, to this was, you know, I've been after you for a while and, and, you know, being literally two people removed <laughs> from your band from you, uh, it was always, oh, he'll never do it. It's never going to happen. Um, and it was just kind of interesting to see. I had been thinking about getting Lurk on the show for a little bit. And then I look on Twitter and then it's like that thing that he does where it's like podcast with so-and-so that I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> So yeah. here it um, is. It, like I like I said to you, man, uh, it, that was news to me. So <laughs> I uh, I and I, I mean I don't know. We like I, I think I also said like we we just weren't doing anything, and there wasn't uh, I, I don't know. Like I wasn't going on on my way to to talk to anybody about anything, or felt I don't know. I didn't know there was an interest or or anything like that. So um, yeah, it worked out. Well, I mean, it, it's interesting to me because like like my initial bucket list of guests was real fucking weird, but it, it was people that essentially existed because of the, like typically everyone I wanted to have on is my age or a little bit older. So it's like, we existed in a time frame where the internet didn't exist. Podcasts and long form interviews didn't exist. The only way you could find stuff was if you genuinely wanted to do it or your label or management or whatever was like, Hey, you have to do this to promote this thing. But by the time you left it dies today, that was really kind of the jumping off point of social media and like yeah. having more access to everyone 24 seven. And while I know some stories through obviously Jason taking over your spot and him being from here and knowing him and then subsequently Maruso and everybody else, like there are stories I know probably more than others, but it's still all kind of like a hearsay thing. And I would rather hear and talk to someone through things that I find interesting. So like to me, and I guess I'll kind of start right out the gate 
with this because like, it's something I just find so interesting from a human perspective. You know, I it's so weird to, to, you know, like today I posted on my Instagram, which I don't think you have or have access to. I don't know. Um, but I posted like randomly. I turned on my iTunes and, and sirens came on. Like, it was the first thing it started playing. And so I posted it going like, oh, how serendipitous my my phone must know that like I'm talking to you today. So like yeah. is this. So I posted it on the podcast thing and like Chris from Barry tomorrow, their guitar players like this is like my favorite album of all time without this record. Barry tomorrow doesn't exist. And like him and I started talking about that. And some other people reached out and they're like, this is like one of my goat albums, like so fucking good. And I, and I just kind of laugh because to myself, it's like, I have a penchant for liking records that people don't like, like the anomaly record, yeah. but then become the records. I think that grow on people where it took time for them to go, Oh, this is why this is a special record. And to me, because you essentially put that record on, I think you did one, one tour on it and then essentially yeah. left. Yeah. So is it kind of a trip for you now to see the flowers that sirens gets all yeah. these years later? It's weird. Uh, <laughs> it's like everybody hated that when we put it out. Um, I, I truthfully, I loved it. Um, I, I, I think most of the band would say the same thing, if not all of the band. Like at the time, but even at the time, like Lemke hated it. I'm pretty sure he's like it's too soft. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it was it was very melodic. But um, yeah, it's it's funny to me. Like especially when you look at because in our heads, like at the time when that went when that came out it it just first of all it was leaked like two and a half months early then the record release date got pushed back so we didn't do anything in terms of sales um and i don't know how many tours were they did because i only did the one tour on it so i don't know how many they did after i left a couple i think they did like warped and some other stuff but papa roach tour yeah yeah um yeah, it's interesting to see like the analytics on uh, like Spotify and, and just the like sirens beats the hell out of everything else, which is weird to me. Um, and uh, because it just like everybody hated it. <laughs> so um, it's definitely it's definitely cool because we uh, we worked hard on that, man. Like uh, we worked really, really obsessively hard on that. And then uh, to have something like not do well after you put that much effort in was kind of um I don't know, defeating. <laughs> so it was, uh, it, and, and that was part of it too. Like uh, I, I, I talked about it on, on the lamb goat thing, but just like when you're putting everything into something and it just, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's just, it was, we were all, I, well, I, speaking for myself personally, I was super defeated. Um, like we put a lot into that and it just, sucks. And that that's the nature of the business though. You know what I mean? Like sometimes like you, you might, same behind something all the way and people just aren't into it at the time for whatever reason. And it's part of it, but you know, what are you going to do? You move on. So I think something, I can't remember if it was Hadalak or if it was uh, Maruso that was saying this, but, and I don't know if it correlated to only the band recording the instrumentals or if it was everybody had this instance, but I heard Garth was such a fucking dictator and like how you would like mechanically record it. Like, I think it had to have been Maruso because he said Hadalak had to record like sometimes him and Chris had to record the guitars like almost note by note. So it was right and in tune. So I don't know if there was that much attention to detail paid for, even with you with like enunciation and your vocals and so forth, if it was that much of a trying recording experience for you. It 
when we were working, yeah, man, it was, it, he was, I, he's the nicest guy on the planet. He's super cool. Um, I got along great with him and he, it, it was me and him in the vocal studio the whole time. Um, and he was very particular. So like, uh, you can't, you couldn't hide behind auto tune and stuff like you could, but it sounded like crap. And like, if you, if you were to listen to like the demos that we did, well, some of them like that, we were just like, per, like getting out quickly leading up to that. Like compared to the actual vocals on there, like I mean, there was there was a lot of takes. Like he wanted mm. he wanted it to sound perfect, and you know he he definitely pushed us. Um, I can't remember the name of the engineer, uh, but Mike Mike and Maruso primarily worked with him, and, and Garth was there too. But um, yeah, they they definitely our game i guess would be the best way to put it like we went in thinking we had this stuff because we, we had been in a studio working on them but we went there and it was just like all right these guys they're the real deal you know what i mean and it's they had high expectations and of us and uh I don't know, it was a blast though <laughs> like i had i had more fun recording with garth probably than anybody because pretty much just drank crown royal and watched <laughs> saber and watched the sabers and canucks series so it was like Wait a second. I, <laughs> this is this is real life. So, well, something that always kind of stuck out to me, and maybe you know, I was just kind of talking about this on a podcast I did yesterday, where sometimes when doing this, it's it's hard not to do the thing that I think we as fans do, or when you're talking to someone, is you're trying to find a common ground or relatability to what you're doing, what you went through, whatever, to how it correlates and resonates with me as the listener. But I almost feel like it's almost ironic that the album didn't do that well initially for a multitude of reasons, but I almost feel like straight out the gate with the opening track, you kind of address the shitty fandom of the scene and how it kind of doesn't support itself or, you know, bands for kind of venturing out indirectly. That's kind of how I've always taken it to go. And it's always funny when everyone's like that record sucks. And I'm like, I mean, the things you're saying are basically called out in the first track. So of course, like, why why wouldn't you he already called it he already fucking knew you weren't gonna like this so what else like i don't know it's just like it's ironic to like look back on all these years like i said and almost from the jump you're just kind of addressing it and it still seems like people didn't get it i dude i don't know that i got it um <laughs> truthfully <laughs> I, I if you I, if you were to ask me what the hell i was writing about i have no idea um i are I, you <laughs> sorry to cut you off are you more of like a stream of conscious or do you have like like stuff written out and then try to make it fit to other things as you're going um the way I'll, I'll, i typically do it is i'll either come up with like a like a cadence or a vocal or a melody or whatever come up with that first and then try to write something behind it um or you know there's stuff that you just you read or you, you watch a film or, or something like that and it inspires you to, there's a cool line or whatever the case is. Um, and, and that, that I, but I mean, that was, that was a long time ago. I don't know what the hell I was doing then. Um, <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't even remember writing the lyrics for that, for, for that record or like how that came to be or how I decided on the title or any of that. Um, uh, I really don't, I don't recall. So, uh, 
It's funny you remember the 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 hockey series <laughs> more so than anything else. <laughs> I mean, that's debatable. Um, <laughs> Brought to you by um, Crown Royal. Yeah, he he loved Crown, um, mm. but no, it was. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how I got into it. How how I wrote any of that stuff, to be honest. Um, there wasn't anything like specific that I, I don't. Know, or I had taken a Greek mythology course or something in school uh, when I, when I was going to like community college, I think around then. And uh, I was like, oh, this is pretty sweet. And uh, that's kind of a you know can use that. And I don't know. But constant reminder. I don't know if it necessarily had anything to do with uh, like the scene or anything like that. Um, but it is kind of funny, like looking at it from that lens now, now that you bring it up and like thinking about the lyrics, like that's really funny. Uh, <laughs> so. Well, I think, I mean, that's kind of actually, I'm going to ask the question I really wanted to ask since you just brought this up. What were you going to school for? Uh, uh, dude, I barely graduated high school. If I'm being uh, completely honest, like we were, we were playing so many shows and I was missing so much school, um, that like high I school or college? high school, high school. Okay. okay. Um, so back then I just, I, I went to a community college for general studies. Um, and then I Went to Buff State after the band. Uh, thought I wanted to be a teacher. Did not want to be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love my kids. I don't think I like any other kids. Uh, I'll just I'll say that. And especially like I was going for for high school ed, and no, not for me. So did a quick pivot, and um, so I went to I went to school for a bit. I got my degree in um, uh, business administration. So. Got a business degree, and uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy I did it. Um, is that know. what your job is in? Is anything related to that, or are you one of the people who has the expensive degree and didn't do anything in that? Field? No, I, I I would be very disappointed if I if it didn't get me a better job. No, I dude, I work in retail for, and God bless anybody else who works in food or bars or, or retail. Um, but it, it, <laughs> it definitely hardens you as a human being. Um, but I did that. I, I worked in retail for like 10 years and it's funny. What happened? Oh, what's funny is well, when I first left the band, um, I was literally stocking siren CDs on end caps and, <laughs> and stuff. And I'm just like, well, this is, this is a slap in the face. Uh, so it, and it was just kind of funny. And like, I'd be with my other, like warehouse employees or whatever and they'd be like dude that's you're, you're not that's not you and i'll be like nah we nah that's me now i'm here <laughs> so so yeah but it, it was cool um it, it paid for my it paid for me to go back to uh back to college and then i got a better job and i, uh, I work i work in tech we'll say that um okay and uh so i do that in sales and uh i love it so well, I guess this is a, a good transition into kind of really like the one thing I wanted to bring up. And, you know, apologies to those who listen to this show and always hear me ask this question, but it, it just, it's such an interesting person, like a, a mental thing to think about. So 
you leave the band and, and there's always jokes when you listen to other like music based podcasts where it's like, oh shit, you're not, you're not, you know, Nick, it dies today. You're not Brooks. It dies today. Like you lose all this sense of identity that everyone knows you for. And sub, sub, subsequently as well, you yourself, because you have to figure out who am I now, now that I don't, and I'm not this thing or this person. And that's the part that I find interesting because I, I think it speaks to, a, just the personal growth and understanding of who you are and who you want to become and how you get there and kind of reconciling with a lot of different things in that as well as, you know, at the time, if I mean, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, I think I think you and I are roughly the same age. So you're probably 24, 25 ish around then, maybe even a little bit younger by the time uh, that's happening. Oh, I was like 20. I remember how old, like 20, 22, 23, somewhere in there. Okay. But I mean, like that's, that's a really pivotal age because I mean, at that point, tentatively, if you're just getting out of college, completed a four-year degree, that's about the time you're now entering the the real world and figuring out what are you doing with your life. But you're in an interesting position because you've spent essentially someone else's whole lifetime getting different life experiences that no one else will probably ever have. And you can't teach and you can't buy because you chose a, a different path for yourself so kind of, I guess, as much as you're willing to kind of walk me through, I guess, what was that journey like for you? Um, I, I'll say I probably I tried to avoid <laughs> entering the real world as long as possible. So um, it, it was tough, man. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It was difficult um, to try and figure stuff out. But uh, I had I, I when I left, I started another band um, mm-hmm. with my friends here and uh and when i say i tried to avoid the real world that was me (laughs) trying to avoid the real world and just putting uh putting my energy into that and um but can can i ask a can i ask a weird cutoff question but i think it correlates because i remember seeing the press release that you were leaving but then another band was starting other than i guess kind of peter panning it where you're trying to hold off the inevitable of growing up what because it seems like if you're leaving one thing then you kind of maybe don't want to be in a band don't want to do the music industry thing and don't want to be a part of it but then you essentially leave to go start another band was it because it was more less stress because it's local it's kind of doesn't have all the the attachments to it maybe or expectations that it dies today had for you at that point uh, it was more just the music like okay. uh, it was, I mean, it was completely different. Um, right. Like if I had come back and been like, all right, let's start another metalcore band or something like that. Um, I, I would, I would agree, but yeah, no, it was like, I don't know. I wanted to play like I, a, I wanted to play guitar more and B, I I uh, wanted to play like, I don't even know what the hell you would call Queen City Station, but it was like, I don't know, punk meets like, Americana kind of crap. I was gonna say like City and Color, but also Alexis and Fire, sort of. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I don't know. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and that's that's apparent. Um, but <laughs> it, but uh, you know, we had a lot of fun. Uh, we didn't really do anything or have any success or anything, but it was a hell of a time. Um, that went for a couple of years, and then once. Once that died out, I was like, "All right, I gotta get my, I gotta get my stuff together," and um, really just focused on on school, work, and um, 
and all that. So, um, yeah, it, it was definitely <laughs> the Peter Pan syndrome thing that you said that mentioned. Yeah, that it was, it was definitely that uh, for a bit. So, what? Try to. Sometimes when I ask these questions, I realize like I'm just asking them, and they come to my brain, and I'm like that. Just ask it, and then I go. And sometimes I listen back. I go, God, that's a really dick thing or a dick way to say that. Maybe take a second and figure out how a better, a nicer way to say something. You're good, man. <laughs> you, you, you can be. You, you can be a dick. I don't care. <laughs> um, what did you? I mean, because I feel like I'm kind of more interested. Because again, like I said, like you weren't really on socials because i remember at that point like myspace facebook was kind of just becoming a thing but like you weren't really on it nor were you probably really if you had something like that weren't really accepting just strangers that you didn't know so it's like we weren't really able to see kind of what you were doing in your personal life so i guess it's kind of because i feel like by the time everyone found like you re-emerged when you guys did that like reunion show in like what 2010 or 2011 um my time time might be off on that by a little bit, but it's what about so, what I remember. Somewhere in there. Yeah, but it's like it felt like you were suddenly now. It wasn't you were like an adult. Like you, it seemed like you were someone who had kind of found themselves and reemerged as like a more adult version of yourself, for lack of a better term. It just seemed like you had gained or gone through something that re like. I don't know. I don't know how to really articulate it, but it just kind of reinvigorated who you are and what you wanted to be. And you just came back more confident. It seemed like. I appreciate that. Um, I think it was the haircut, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I think getting rid of my weird uh, swoopy half shaved head, uh, that that's what did it. That gave me the confidence. Um, No, I, it, it, I think you, you just have a different perspective uh, and you feel a lot of gratitude for being able to do any of that. So if that came across as confident, then cool. It just, I felt lucky to have an opportunity to be doing that stuff again. And, um, and like to this day, like it's, it's insane to me that uh, I'm on a podcast or that we, anybody cares enough to to go see us in alabama in september and all this all these crazy opportunities it's just like getting emotional um it's just really cool um and we're just so thankful to be in a place where we're able to do that stuff so kind of i guess slightly piggybacking off of where we're at sort of i guess in my line of questioning what is it like to kind of see something and granted, you know, admittedly you chose to to remove yourself from the situation, but what is it like to see something that you started with, you know, your friends continue on without you and to kind of be able to experience this thing from a completely different perspective? Um, it was cool. I know. I, I mean, I, I didn't really have any issue with it. You know what I mean? I like, we we went our separate ways and i think everybody like we had a couple of weeks where we were probably things were a little awkward but for the most part like like i knew they were going to get jay like i i that of course like that makes sense <laughs> like in fact i think when you know when we had the the band meeting and you know everything went down i was like you should get jay i was like that would be sick <laughs> so uh there you go um it was cool like I mean, we, it's funny, like even like going to see them 
you know, uh, on a couple of the tours that, that came through Buffalo and stuff. And like, I'm pretty sure my band at the time played with, with them at one of the, what are you, the Eated Christmas shows, mm-hmm. which we were wildly out of place, but, uh, thank, <laughs> thankful to do it. Um, but it was definitely cool to see, see them and, and watch from, from a different perspective. Um, you know, I, I, I had nothing but, you know, um, respect for those dudes and, and hope for the best. You never, you know, especially like you said, it's like, it's, it's your baby. You built it from the ground up and, you know, you just, you hope for the best for everybody and, um, wish them success. Right. So. It's just interesting. Cause like I, I had posed this question to Ken Susie recently when he was on the last time. Cause it's like, you know, now that he's in Esley dying and he's left on earth, you know, and he's played some festivals, gone and see the band. And I'm like, is it weird to, to see this band and these guys, and you're used to being like on the stage, looking over at them, like during these parts or doing this thing or whatever. And now you're in the crowd watching it. Like, is yeah. it weird? Cause like, I think that's, you know, I'm very big on, on, like I said, trying to put myself in, in different people's or just thinking of different perspectives, because I think it's how you, you learn to grow and just approach things differently to, I think make better informed decisions as a whole. But I also think just to kind of take in something and understand that like, there's more than a way to do something or a, a way to look at it. And so when I think about something like that, it's like, I don't really, it's not something I think a lot of us get an opportunity to see. Like, and I had it somewhat recently going back to my old job that I left and the person I handpicked that I hired. And I was like, this is the person that I'm choosing to take over for me and training them to do such like, and I go back now and I'm just like, Oh man, it's kind of weird to be back at work, but I'm not the one doing it. And I see something and I'm like, Oh, I would, Oh, uh, I, I can't <laughs> say I would, I would do this or this is how I would do something. Or you kind of, took this thing that I started and here was where I was trying to go with it. And instead you've kind of, I don't want to say bastardized it, but you've done something different to it. Or I'm like, I don't know if I would have done that. And it's, it's hard to then kind of remember that it's like, well, I chose to leave. I chose to remove myself from this situation. So I kind of don't have the voice that I could have to vocalize this. I just kind of have to sit there and go, well, this is no longer mine. And I just, it just has to be what it is because I chose to remove myself from it. And I think when I think about those things from friends that have, you know, like Ken or someone or even yourself, where it's like, it's not a situation a lot of people get to experience where they kind of have to, they can see themselves there, but also have to remove themselves because they, they just aren't there anymore. Yeah. And it's an interesting mental process. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. (laughs) I, like I said, I, I always, I always wish those dudes success and like lividity is, I think is awesome. A uh, little jealous. I didn't get to sing on it uh, obvi- for obvious reasons. It's just the songs are brutal. Melodies are dope. Like everybody uh, did such a great job on that, on that record. So um, it's definitely interesting though, to see that, you know what I mean? Um, but I digress. I mean, I guess you could do like what Jason did with two of your songs. You could just take like two of the songs off Lividity and redo vocals for them. So you could, do something for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm all right. <laughs> we got we got we have uh, enough stuff we're working on right now that I have to figure out vocals for. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Out of curiosity, I mean, like I know I already asked you, like if you are someone that 
consistently kind of writes or if you are someone who writes more for the moment. But I mean, depending on some of these demos and where they were, or how long they've been around potentially or parts of anyway, do you have things maybe that you've gone back and pulled from if you had kind of working lyrics for something and been like, that was a good melody idea or that was a good lyric. Let me kind of repurpose this now and figure something else out. Or are you a hundred percent going from scratch on these, these new things? These are pretty much from scratch. Um, the song we're going to be releasing hopefully soon. <laughs> well, uh, we're, we're hoping to do two. And actually we just, um, just booked studio time to to do the for drums so we've got uh, a day it's only two songs so we got a day to to go in and shout out jay zubricky at gcr audio for squeezing us in and helping us out um uh where was i going yeah but 100 percent from scratch the one song is like 10 years old though it, it, we it was the first thing we started doing in like 2014 when when we started uh this thing back up again and uh it's gone through multiple changes and and things like that but um yeah it's funny i wrote that like 10 years ago um not sure where i'm going with this but anyway it's from scratch uh i wish i wish i had the time to 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 write or or an interest in that uh i just I don't know, man. I work all day, uh, take care of the kids, and at the end of the day, I just want to veg and not think and, and hang out with my fiance, and, and that's about it. So it's uh, I, I have notebooks and things like that, and if like something comes to mind, I'll write them down or use a voice memo uh, if it's like a melody or or uh, if I come up with like what I think is a cool one-liner. Um, there's a lot of trash <laughs> that, that gets recorded though. And it's funny. Like, I, I think that's the most hysterical thing is like looking back through old notebooks or, um, you know, listening to like a voice memo of something that I was like driving in my car. I was like, Oh, that's a cool line. And it's just, and I was like, what the hell was I, what was I doing there? So yeah, it's always fun. I think it's, you know, something that I would be interested to see now, especially as you're preparing for the Furnace Fest, you know, date is how has it been going back for you relearning probably some of these lyrics and stuff and for the in preparation for practicing? How do the lyrics hit you now versus, you know, do they take you back to when you write them or are they do they bring on a whole new meaning now for you all these years later? Um. <laughs> truthfully I, I don't enjoy them um there's some stuff i look back and i'm like i, I look back fondly on and i think like those were in a lot of it it's just like some of it it's just like how the hell did i come up with that i, I don't i don't really understand it even uh, at this point uh, but um i i think for an 18 year old kid i did okay um but it it's just some of it, some of it's just stupid 18 year old kid stuff that, that, that you're angry about. You know what I mean? Um, and it's not super eloquently written. And I just, I really liked using a thesaurus and, uh, <laughs> and that's it. And I was like, gotta have big brain words in, in these song titles. So, um, eh, it is what it is. It, it's funny though. I'll tell you this, like, like Threnody, 
I can't remember the words to that song for the life of me. I'm really hoping I get it down by Furnace Fest because I just I never listened to that. And like, I probably should start. Um, but like, I have no idea. I can never remember the words or the order or what I'm supposed to be saying um, in that song specifically. So uh, and it's funny because to me, that's like one of uh, one of our more popular songs, but no clue. Um, so at practice, it's always interesting. I, I never know what the hell I'm doing. So, um, yeah. cue cards, <laughs> you know what? Like I'm starting to, or like, teleprompter. I used to, I, I, I used to make fun of dudes, like old metal dudes who had, uh, teleprompters and stuff. And now I'm starting to think like they were onto something, uh, cause my brain does not function, uh, all that well, like it used to, uh, as I'm getting older. So, uh, just forget random stuff so that's what it is are you guys uh, are you all using in-ears at this point or are you still okay how has that transition been for you so i used them for one show back back when like we were we were touring heavily and i despised them uh at the time and i think the technology has come a long way and um like back then like I had them like molded for my ears and I couldn't hear a damn thing outside of what was mixed in there. And the mix always sounded like crap and it was so temperamental venue to venue. It just, it wasn't juice wasn't worth the squeeze. Um, but now it's great, especially cause Maruso hits so goddamn hard. You can't hear anything but drums uh, <laughs> at a rehearsal. So it's sick. Mike, uh, Mike has this setup. He's got, uh, this board uh i don't know i'm not technical (laughs) on that on that side of things but yeah we all run in-ears and um he's got like amp models and things like that that run through there and it's cool i'm i don't know i'm pretty sure i'm gonna be using in-ears at furnace fest i gotta i have to buy like the wireless pack right now we're just hardwired in um but uh i love them it's uh it's game changing. Like I can actually hear myself. I don't have to strain at practice. Um, it's awesome. So, yeah, I just kind of had wondered cause I, I know that was a thing I remember back in the days of like when you would like go to shows and you know, you weren't, didn't have mobile access to websites and shit, but like you would find out it's like, Oh, you know, like you had a problem sort of for blowing out your voice all the time. And this is, I think, one of the proponents to me, like when in-ears started becoming more of a thing, especially in metal and hardcore, it's like, oh, I bet it's way easier for the vocalist, at least, because you're not trying to just push over everything that you're fighting over for for yourself just to hear yourself. So I was kind of wondering how that has been for you, because I feel like it's got to be, you'll probably sound better than you ever have, because you kind of know where you actually are and don't have to like exert more than you should. Yeah, th- my confidence is like increased significantly with them. Um, um, it's yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of variables though to to why like I mean, especially in the early days, uh, like bef- like Kate of Choir just coming out in prior to that, you're playing potentially VFWs or shit venues that don't have a real sound system. There's no monitors. Um, you know, you're, the amps are blasting, drums aren't my, you know what I mean? And, and like you said, you're, you're pushing over all that. Meanwhile, you're driving all night, 
you don't you don't sleep you're not taking care of yourself you're not eating well because you're on tour like there's a ton of stuff that goes into it and like you know i did a lot of night driving too because i a couldn't sleep and b i liked to drive (laughs) so like which in hindsight is really dumb because the most important like one of the most (laughs) important things to take care of like your voice is, is proper sleep right so um it's but it's it's been a game changer. It's super nice, and like I said, it, like my I, I didn't know, like because I haven't done any I haven't done any screen uh, anything like this in in several years. So I wasn't sure what the old voice <laughs> was gonna sound like. So um, I did a I did like guest vocals like this uh, band I'm friends with out of Rochester called Aphasia. Um, is absolutely brutal and really awesome more on the 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 genty side of things but just crushing um but they asked me to do like a feature form and i was like sure man i don't (laughs) i don't know what it's gonna sound like but it came out pretty good so uh at least i'm 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 happy with it i hope they are um but (laughs) so (laughs) i uh it's it's always interesting because I, I feel like you know like the other day um god who was i commenting this oh um fuck i forgot who it was someone was a uh, side stage and we're watching foo fighters and for some reason i've watched a ton of their footage like dvds live stuff all this stuff but i guess i've just never noticed that they still use wedge monitors <laughs> and it was just like yeah and it was like this thing where i was like holy shit i don't think I've, I've seen a band of that size still using wedge monitors on stage probably at least a decade at least and it's it's just kind of wild that it's like it's almost becoming sort of the norm at this point now where it's like most of your stage is actually production it's not any actual gear like to kind of put it in completely different perspective uh i saw my facebook memories someone had posted eats it playing like in 1999 in warren michigan like probably around the time of our last night uh coming out and it's just so funny to see how it's like, this is just parts and noises. (laughs) Like it's not songs. And it's funny to see, you know, all these decades later, like how they've all progressed and honed in their craft and so forth. And just how different the show became, but like, it's still them. It still is an ETA show even back then. Yeah. But it's just kind of funny to see how things progress and change and kind of thinking about you guys coming back because it's like, all right, like technology's changed. Like you can sound as good as your records without having to, to not necessarily do a whole lot, but it's like the technology is now on your side to sound really fucking good. It's crazy. <laughs> like I had no idea about any of this stuff, uh, but it, it's nuts. Like, e- like in ears to the, the, like the, I don't know, amp modeling and crazy shit like that. Like Mike gets a better guitar tone from, something he downloaded then he mm-hmm. we will ever dial in on a on a tube amp which is nuts to me um but it just it makes it's got to make touring a hell of a lot easier too because you're just literally Cut, bringing down over. on your costs yeah, yeah. so yep. uh but the thing the biggest thing for me and to go back to the wedge monitor thing and i, I can't speak for the foo fighters we're not super close uh, but uh like when I back in the day when I was doing wearing in ears, what I hated about it was like I felt like there was a complete disconnect between me and the crowd. Mm-hmm. And if I can't hear you singing or screaming along, or you know what I mean, I just felt like I was I was 
there was a show happening, but I was just kind of like outside of that. I don't know if that makes sense, but it just, uh, I didn't like, I didn't like how it made me feel while interacting with the crowd. And, um, and I was like, I was like, I don't sound that great live. So I got to make sure I put on a hell of a show here. And, uh, and like, so I was like, anything that's going to deter that I didn't want any part of. So. Well, I always heard for, and I think it's especially harder probably on vocalists than it is the band. Cause the band can finally hear what they want as they want to hear it in their thing without bleed over all this kind of other stuff. But I always remember like Chino, like when they, the band started sounding really good around like self-titled cause they all kind of got on in ears played to you know probably to a click and all that kind of stuff and i remember chino just being like in the interviews being like i fucking hate them because like just exactly what you said i can't hear anything other than me or whatever's in my mix and i feel like it's such a disconnect because we're a rowdy band and like we thrive off of that interaction and it's like if i don't get that then it just feels like you're weirdly performing like you're miming your own shit and it's like that feels weird and disingenuous yep exactly Gino said it best, you know. I mean, that's why they're still still where they are. I was actually it's kind of funny too, because like coincidentally, as I'm wearing this bot shirt, it's funny because like unfortunately I won't be able to go to Furnace Fest this year, and which sucks, but it's having gone to see Botch, I kind of feel like I get a little bit of what that vibe at Furnace Fest is. Cause like going to see the second reunion show they did. It was like uh, half of it. I just, I, it reminded me of when I saw the refuse for the first time when they reunited and I was like, I kind of want to get shitty drunk and just hang out with my friends and sing these songs. But I also am like, I've waited fucking two decades to see this shit. So I want it to, uh, yeah, I want to take it in. And I just remember even at botch, it's like, I'm sitting there having a drink that like, I just made warm by holding on to it. Cause I was like, this is insane. Look at all these fucking people that are as old as me or older and probably equally as out of shape as I am going off. Like we're all fucking 14, 15, 16, whatever. And that these songs still mean something to us. And it's just, it's wild because it reminds me at times when I feel like hardcore and metal are kind of stagnant to me or just like it doesn't excite me like it used to and then i see shit like that and i'm like oh no this shit's awesome yep. and this is why i love this genre because it's it's just a giant cathartic release for a fuckload of people all at once yeah man though was it the the botch shows in uh boston were those were with converge and cave right i think yeah i don't think have they happened or no, they, they haven't happened. Happened. No, they're because well, the ones in Jersey, and it's on my wife's birthday, and I j- joked with her. I go, "Can we please go to New Jersey on your birthday so I can go <laughs> see Kate?" Because I've never seen Cave in or Converge, and and she was like, "You already saw Botch." I go, "Yeah, no, I didn't say to go see Botch. I said so we can go see Cave in and Converge." That's <laughs> Botch just happens show. to be headline. Oh my god, isn't it? I I love all those bands <laughs> like Cave in. I've seen them a number of times. Um, and same thing with Converge. I've never seen Botch, um, but God, I would I would kill kill to go to this. I don't think it's in the cards, but um, I kind of had that moment last night. I was at uh, I got free tickets uh, for for Lamb of God and uh, from work, uh, not anything cool, um, <laughs> but I got uh, for Lamb of God and Pantera, and uh, you know, in terms of like legacy acts and things like that, I was. It was pretty wild, man. Um, and same thing. I was like, I could go hard. And I did a little bit. Um, but I was like, I kind of want to just check this out and watch it. Lamb of God was ridiculous. Um, I mean, all, all the bands were, but like. Whew. 
trying to think you might have actually seen my friend's band Chabud. I think they're still on that tour. I think that was one of the last ones. I think. Uh, I'll be totally honest with you. I don't even think probably didn't see it. them. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> but shout that's, out. That's what that's what that spot is for. <laughs> no, someone's got to play it. Yeah, we were. Uh, yes, we were not in the venue at that point. So, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's definitely a vibe. Um, especially you see like forty-five-year-old dudes just going berserk. It's uh, something. So I'm I'm pumped. I'm hope, hoping I'm in good enough shape for uh for september i got some work to do but uh we'll see when you go to something you know and knowing that you know because you had said on the lamb goat thing that you know obviously furnace i don't know if other fest or furnace best had reached out to you beforehand uh over the years and tried but i guess if that is the case because i feel like you said people had been trying for a couple of years before what was it about this year that made you kind of be like this is the year this is now is the time no, truthfully, it was them offering. Um, oh. we, we, yeah, we never, um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I should say this, but like nobody, nobody's been reaching out really. So, um, like we'll get one off, not like festivals or anything of, of this substance. Uh, but yeah, it was just like, okay, Furnace Fest wants us to do it. We wanted to do it the last few years. Um, the lineups were just insane. And uh, it, your point on still serendipitous. It was just it just all kind of worked out, and everything fell into place. And I think everybody was in a spot in their lives where, like, all right, things are things are kind of calm right now, and we've got the time and uh, and resources to do it. So let's do it. So it, it, this is probably going to be a hard question to answer because it's it's speaking to something that hasn't happened yet, but I remember, I remember for me when you guys were announced that you were reuniting and playing furnace fest, like the amount of band dudes that are still touring, maybe would have toured with you or whatever that were fucking pumped. What's it going to be like? Because I assume for most of you, maybe you haven't kept in touch with some of these people or haven't seen some of these people decades like i mean even going to the lamb of god thing it's like i think if memory serves me correctly you guys played at least one if not a couple Hellfests together way back in the day so it's like tentatively like there would have been maybe some sort of a, a premature friendship kind of being bought like formed back then not enough maybe that sustained but that it's like you're still gonna probably run into people who are like holy shit it's so great to see you have you thought of some of the connect like are you excited for reconnecting with some people some peers yeah, I think I think it's gonna be awesome. Um, to your point, like I, I I don't I don't think I've personally seen Lamb of God in uh, almost twenty years. Like it's been forever, and it's nothing against them. I love them uh, and always have, and have been a super fan of theirs. I just don't have time to <laughs> go to metal shows. Uh, I don't. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting, man. It's going to be a blast from the past for sure. Um, and like my, my fiance has no real uh, frame of reference. She doesn't know me from, she doesn't know this part of my life. Um, oh, so it, question. yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's going to be really funny. That's like, that's going to be her first time seeing the band. Um, so it's going to be really funny. Uh, and, uh, but like, there's just, so many people that again i haven't seen probably since like 2004 
and uh, it's going to be sick. I'm looking forward to having a couple of pops and, you know, seeing everybody down there. What has been the reaction from your fiance and kids at this point? Because pr- presumably this is kind of resurrecting a part of your life that they probably have no no semblance of memories of or at all, period. Like you've no. never been this person to them. So it's it's showcasing a new side of you technically. Yeah. And, and like I never really talked to my kids about it before either. Um, just because it's like weird. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, um, but it's it's they're embarrassed. My my dog. <laughs> yeah. They're so embarrassed. Um, like, Dad's yelling yeah. again. Yeah. Like, why are you doing that? You're, I don't like your music. Why did you look so weird back then? Like that kind of stuff. Um and I thought for sure, I was like, I thought for sure, because my daughter's 10. And I thought, like, oh, my God, Billie Eilish, like, did this. My daughter's going to think that's so cool. She's like, yeah. I'm not. Oh, the Billie, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I, for, I forgot that happened. In my head, I'm like, yeah, she was at Knock Loose set at Coachella. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, no, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I'm like, such an uh, idiot. No, it's all good. The, um, yeah, whatever she posted last week, which, shout out, shout out, Billy, that was cool. Um, Sidetrack for, because... Uh, the irony, there's a handful of people that knew you and I were talking. And when that happened, because it happened the day before we were supposed to do this initially, everyone's like, yeah. you're sitting on a fucking gold mine right now. <laughs> I'm like, whatever the reaction, someone's going to pick up and be like, it dies today, responds to da, 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 whatever. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that, that, sure. <laughs> um, didn't think anything of it. I was just like, oh, yeah. that's cool. Like, my first thought was, couldn't even, uh, you couldn't afford to buy that kind of publicity. <laughs> no. No, it was wild. Um, what was Josh, the group text like that day? People, they they were like, "What the hell? Like, what is this?" And uh, Josh from Trustkill like sent me some of the some of the, the stats, and it's just like, I I think YouTube it was like views increased four hundred percent, like all this stuff happened, and I don't know, like it's it's really cool. Um, <laughs> like you said, you can't you can't buy that kind of publicity, so. Um, but at the end of the day, my daughter didn't give a shit. So like, kind of, <laughs> it, it didn't mean anything to me. I was just hoping it impressed my daughter and, uh, it didn't happen, but no, and my, my fiance is amazing. She's super supportive of everything. And, um, like she, she's excited. She's geeking out at the, the idea of like seeing that side of things. And, uh, are you bringing your kids at all? Or? No, 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 uh, they're going to, they're going to stay with grandma that weekend, ah. but, um, no, we're, uh, I thought maybe, maybe bring my daughter, but I don't think so. I don't, I, it's too much. We, we, and we're driving, I think we're, we're driving down. Um, mm. and then, um, fiance's flying and stuff. So I just, and it's school starting all that fun stuff. So I just figured <laughs> let's, uh, let's keep the kids home. So, well, it's been interesting. Cause like I had Brian from shadows fall on, uh, when they were getting ready to do one of their reunion shows, and something I had asked him was like, you know, your kids are not super old, but like they're old enough to kind of have more of a cognitive. Like these are when memories will kind of start happening. And I go, are you excited to kind of showcase and have them be there and see it and like kind of have this memory, like a core memory unlocked for them? And he's like, oh, it's going to be so cool kind of getting to experience it through their eyes. Um, and I know like at least like you and Russo, I, I know for sure have kids. So it's one of those things where it's like, 
this is to me an interesting thing where it's like, okay, what does that look like? Like, are the kids excited? Is it? And obviously for you, it's like, no, they're not impressed at all. (laughs) But that was the other thing too, is even with Brandon from bleeding through, you know, like his new wife, you know, when they got together, he wasn't really doing the band and then they kind of did some reunion shows and so forth. And, you know, she's like where he's might be like, Oh, the the crowd maybe wasn't as full as I wanted it to be, or maybe this isn't or like, whatever, just being typical dude and and a band at a show. He was like, she was like, isn't this great? Everything's like, she's looking at it through all new eyes. And he's like, it really kind of made me appreciate everything again, because like, I'm just this worn down road dog. And it's like to have someone be so excited about playing a sweaty, dingy bar, like at war, I'm like, Oh, this is going wrong or this is going wrong. And it's like, isn't this great? Isn't it? Whatever. It's like, it's a unique perspective that I, again, I don't think a lot of us get to have because we're, we know our experience and to, to kind of live it through somebody else, I think kind of allows it to be fresh and new for somebody for us. So I was hoping that at least either you're, fiance or kids were going to go so that way you can kind of be like all right this is a, a fun thing and i get to experience it with them and kind of what do you think yeah it's it's exciting and, and same deal it's like there's there's a lot of cool stuff happening especially over the last few weeks are you are you sipping a nooner yeah i'm got a i got a nooner i was drinking an na to start off okay but now i got a nooner I, yeah Oof. Nooner. I, gotta, uh, I, gotta, I gotta live up to my my, my podcast name <laughs> yeah man uh I'm going to segue because I like beer. Um, <laughs> yeah, fine. You got some uh, good beer down that way. <laughs> we really, really do. Um, are you familiar with Other Half Brewing? Uh, heard of it. I think I had some. Uh, so you and I were kind of texting previously uh, oh, about, yes. when, I, about when we were talking about maybe coming down soonish because my wife and I have like we love going on trips and essentially we just do we always have to go to one of these two places every year and it's either Atlanta or Buffalo. Like it's gotten to the point where we've talked about if we move, where do we want to move to? And I go, Atlanta's on my, my first, because I'd like to live in a place that doesn't snow for a while. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Secondly though, my other is Buffalo because it reminds me of Grand Rapids. Um, And even Patrick from ice nine who has the beer keep over not too far away from uh, Marusso's uh, bean bastard uh, brick and mortar he kind of has the same feeling like he's like grand rapids reminds me so much of buffalo like it's a it's on the river it's kind of a blue collar town it's fucking great you got great beer great people like we like each other's cities for the exact same reasons yes, and so but the joke is is that we always fucking go to buffalo in winter and it's like we leave winter to go to winter like it make cool. it make sense yeah <laughs> we just it's- walk to the pink every day <laughs> <laughs> oh man as you're getting stuck in the pink in a snowstorm. Hey, at least you have food. <laughs> they got a great you, steak sandwich, man. Uh, uh, we, we joke all the time that it's like when they go, how do you want it cooked? I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter. It's it's yeah. a fucking red light over the whole thing. They put it on for 25 minutes and give it to you, however it is. Great steak sandwich. <laughs> it uh, is. Oh, man. Yeah, that's going to this conversation is going to devolve very quickly. We've entered, uh, the pink has entered the chat here. So, um, between Mulligan's, the pink, like all that whole area of Allentown, that's, and then Gabriel's gate. That's where I always end up going. Love Gabe's gate. Um, is Duff's actually worth going to if you go to Gabe's gate? No. Okay. I, See, everyone I, tells me otherwise. Everyone's like Duff's is kind of now the, the, it, it used to be over, over. I've heard it used to be, that Gabe's was always like kind of the dark horse. It was the like place. Not, not many people knew about. It's then the only, so many. 
it's the only place in like Buffalo proper. Like it's the only place in the city to get wings. Like okay. it, it is the spot to go. If you're, if you're like in the city of Buffalo, um, Duff's is not bad. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to shit on Duff's. It's good. Um, I've had a couple of not great experiences there. Barbell though is the greatest place on earth. Uh, and anybody who says otherwise is, is wrong. Uh, <laughs> if it's Josh Allen's favorite chicken wing, guess what? It's, it's good enough for me. You know, it's, I mean, they've, they've, they, you guys love your Josh Allen. You're renaming Allentown to Josh Allentown. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually an old friend of mine owns a pizza place that did, that went like viral with the Josh Allentown pizza thing or whatever. Um, still haven't been there. I've heard Buffalo has not great pizza. Um, actually I take it back. We tried one spot over by the beer keep, whatever I'll that t- place was. I'll tell you this. If you're not from Buffalo, you're going to hate the pizza here. Um, and even Why do you like, think that is? Because we have – it's Buffalo-style pizza, and it's, like, thicker. Like, it's heavy. There's tons of cheese. Um, Speaking the, of language. Pe- the, pe- the pepperoni is all cup and char um, if it's a proper Buffalo pie, uh, which I love, but some people don't. And, like – there's a couple of spots that do like thin New York style pizza here. And sometimes yeah, you just got, yeah. you, you gotta, you gotta go that, that route. Cause eating a piece of pizza, a Buffalo pizza is like a meal in itself, which really? is why, you know, anyway, I'm not going to go there, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> what are you possibly talking about? One of the comments that I saw on one of your posts on Instagram, I think, and it was just like such a shitty thing that I was like, it's like, Oh, everyone got fat. And I was like, dude, it's fuck accurate. you. It's accurate. <laughs> I was Dude, like, my, my weight, my weight has fluctuated so much over the last like three years. It's, it's nuts. Um, like I've, I've lost like 80 pounds, gained a bunch back, lost weight again. It's just, I, I'm always fluctuating. And to be honest with you, I don't give a shit. So like yeah. if, if I'm healthy, cool. Um, I, I don't care. Uh, if, uh, you know, my fiance likes the way I look great. Other than that, go to hell i don't i don't really care i'm not i'm not 20 anymore i don't have a metabolism uh to drink beer and uh and you know i like chicken wings i'm I'm from buffalo like that's kind of what we do so yeah i realized yeah i gotta like i said always going in winter time to buffalo usually we always try to stay so we can just walk everywhere because yeah. parking downtown or at least down in that area is just a fucking bitch. It sucks. So, and especially with the snow, cause they don't plow shit. So it's like, just park your car where we're staying and then just walk or get an Uber somewhere. But like yeah. I said, usually it's like we end up at Mulligan's cause we have a Mulligan's here. So it's funny that the Mulligan's Buffalo is sort of similar in the fact that it's a dive bar, but it's a nicer dive bar than what we got. And then it's like, you go to the pink always. Um, Dude. My parents met at Mulligan's. <laughs> I, I met there, uh, and my dad was a bouncer, uh, as the story goes. And there's actually still, I don't know, actually, I think Mulligan's cl- is closed now. Um, what? I think that somebody, they sold that bill, whole building. So I like, think Mul- recently? Yeah, within the last few months, I'd say. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, we were there like. Well, I guess the last time we were there was actually for to the season, so two years ago. I could be wrong. I feel like they, I feel like that is a thing that's happening in real life. But there was a picture of my mom. Uh, so it was funny. Like when I first started 
going out to bars and stuff, I'd be like, oh, sweet. There's there's my mom on the collage at Mulligan's. There we go. So good story. Over um, like over in the in the back, like back that way by the bathrooms. It was more. It's it's been a long time since I've been there. Um, so I was going to say, when you walk in, the bar is essentially like shaped. Yeah. Yep. Bars to the left. And usually my wife and I try to get that spot right at the like where there's only two people that can sit there at the bar and then we can just kind of people watch from there. And so it's a great bar. Like it, it brings in all kinds of fucking people, which is great and why I love it. But Al- Allentown in general is wild, man. It's uh, it's all over the place. So has but, it always uh, been that way or it's i mean we're some years uh, i'm some years removed from my allen days but um <laughs> it's uh it never leaves you though <laughs> no <laughs> no if you step foot in the pink man like that stays with you forever uh you've contracted something for sure i love the pink um it's yeah it's always been kind of all over the place like the one bar would would do metal nights uh back back in the day and like then the next day they had like edm and crap like that playing and so it's it's very diverse diverse scene down there but one thing is uh you know everybody has in common is you know they all everybody's blackout drunk so um that's kind of what happens on Allen. so (laughs) i always thought it was like in our excursions down that way it was always just kind of interesting because I feel like the th- I'm very much a vibe person and a very like I want to kind of experience what a, a city or an area has to offer. And the thing I think I that keeps bringing us back to that part of Buffalo in, in particular is that it just feels like such a melting pot of so many different people. And, and like, I mean, even the fact like one of my oldest friends that lives down that way is Che Hawk. Like, yeah. and the fact that like I remember one of the last times we went to, uh, go hang out with Patrick at a uh, beer keep. I was like, yeah, I've been trying to get a hold of Che. And he goes, he literally lives above us. <laughs> and I was like, Oh shit. He goes, send him a text and tell him to get his ass down here. Um, That's too so funny. I know like ser- again, serendipitous. Like I had no idea. Then like half the people that work there, like he literally was upstairs. Just tell him to get his ass down here. Um, that dude, it's it, funny when I, when I left the band and went back to school, I was like in a bunch of classes with him uh hmm. at at ecc uh, or community college here and that's like how i met him and kind of got to know him so that's just kind of funny full circle there you go i mean he feels like i mean in the the nicest way to say this i feel like he has connected me to so much of buffalo like through our friendship and just knowing him that it's like he's essentially the forrest gump of buffalo <laughs> yeah he's he's great i haven't seen him in forever holy shit but, I'll just go to the beer keeping. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I, I've, well, been mean, I've been meaning to get out there. That that that's a, that's a cool spot. So it it actually really is. Actually, uh, just side tangent business shit. I guess if you really wanted to do something wild, if you had a night to do it, I could put you in touch with Patrick because they do like the metal playlist thing where they have someone on like a random Wednesday a month do like a metal guest spot thing. Yeah, another buddy of ours. Um, uh i i keep seeing he's he's been doing those um he runs a like a promotion uh he's a promoter but concert promoter it's uh called Frostbelt, and uh he's been doing them out there i've been trying to get out there so uh but baseball and softball season are in full swing unattended and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh there's no time for anything <laughs> so but are you a uh what is it what is your team out there the bisons is that what the team is 
that's our yeah that's our pro team but like all my kids are are playing baseball and softball and doing travel and so they're part of like a number of teams and it's it's uh it keeps you busy so like yeah like it i've missed several practice uh band practices as a result of like helping coach and do stuff like that so well, you got to do the uh, carpool karaoke at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy's got to practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, uh, God damn, I now I'm really jealous. Like now, I do want to go to Buffalo before it gets. <laughs> like, I think one of my favorite Buffalo stories is like, uh, so like when weed started getting legal everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, we went down there for in the winter to go see another tid the season. Um, we went to this like bodega that was like sort of kitty corner from Mulligans and uh, uh, the pink. And I remember it just like, it looked like weed edibles. And I was like, yo, the fucking God, they sell weed in these kinds of places. Hell yeah. And so I was like, can I, can I buy those? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, how much are they? And it wasn't much. So I bought him. And then we went to go to Niagara the next day and I popped them on the way. Cause we had about a 40 minute drive to Niagara I remember taking one when we got there and like, wasn't really feeling anything. And then my wife's like anything yet. And I go, no, she goes, fuck it. Just pop another one. I was like, word, say less. <laughs> got it. So we're like hanging out in Niagara and she was like, how anything yet? And I go, no, but my back feels really fucking good right now. Cause I was having some back issues. And so it wasn't until we got back to our B and B that I realized that I didn't buy weed uh, edibles. I bought CBD edibles. Oh, there <laughs> so you I go. Like, I was like, no wonder my back felt great. <laughs> no anxiety, pain relief. There we go. You got to come see. If you have you been to a Bills game? Oh yeah, that was the first year okay. we went. Uh, we went to a Bills game, ironically against the Lions. I've seen Detroit. I've seen Detroit teams more other places than I have in Detroit. Um, we saw went to a Bills game, got great fucking seats. I actually think it was Josh Allen's rookie or second year, um, because it, it it was not good. Uh, you could see that he could be good, but it that was like how I felt. It. Yeah. Okay, because I was gonna yeah. say it was almost like it was a game of between him and Stafford of like who wants to lose the most. Like yeah. it'd be like okay, we're gonna drive down, throw an interception, get a fumble. <laughs> like yeah, that dude's a freak. But I was gonna say the ideal time to come to Buffalo is, is typically like September. Because it's not super, super hot and humid, and you can go to a Bills game, do the tailgate thing. Um, that was and, fun. Oh, dude, it's, it, it takes a lot out of you. Like, I, I, I don't go to too many Bills games. Um, I went to, <laughs> you might I went, die. I, it, dude, it had been like 10 years. Uh, I, I didn't go to a game for like 10 years because I was like, I just I can't do it. Um, people think I'm crazy for that, but it's you go to a Bills game, you're you're done for like a week after that. Like you can't can't do anything. Um, so I respect the hell out of people with season tickets because that's a. Commitment. <laughs> I was just gonna um, say. <laughs> and uh, but we went to like four games last year, and uh, actually we took the kids to like the, the Ralph for the first time, uh, like a week ago, and because um, it was like it was a practice. And there was 40, 30, 40,000 people or something like that for a practice. So it was, it was pretty wild. But September, that's, that's a good time to come to Buffalo. October's oh, nice. Birthday. There you go. Mine too. Virgo. What, uh, what day is yours? 13th. Nah, I'm the 20th. So you got, you got the even more shitty. I'm sorry to say it like this. You even got the more shitty end of the 9-11 never forget shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. That was a long time ago. But oh, I, re- I, re- I always, other than obviously nine eleven, duh. Like I remember yeah. very specifically because uh, Jay Z's Blueprint record came out, and like that, it was that day, wasn't it? And I wanted it. F- that was when music came out on Tuesdays instead of yeah. Fridays. And I, that's all I wanted for my parents for my birthday was that record. And that happened, and I great couldn't record. get it. It's a fucking great record. Yeah. But I, I had to keep waiting until like the world was okay to, to go yeah. out into. And so I was like, I just want this fucking Jay-Z record. <laughs> <laughs> Streaming was not a thing. No. Uh, uh, you it, Not like it is now. Of, yeah. Yeah. I think iTunes was very, very infant stages. Yeah. Napster, whatever, torrents and all that crap. I don't know. But torrents, what are those? <laughs> um, the cost yeah, of my career. <laughs> <laughs> no, I it's it's funny, though, because like I. Like, yeah, September is always like I like to travel i'd like to go back to i always say i'd like to go back to buffalo when it's not snowy as shit but i also kind of feel like that's almost kind of the more endearing time to go because it's like that's when like no one's traveling to go hang out in buffalo in the winter like that's where like it's your real people your townies that's people who really exist there and live there all the time like are in it yeah that is accurate it next time you come i'm telling you you gotta go to barville uh there's one it's actually a problem, but they, they put one like five minutes from where my house is. And <laughs> it used to be 40 minutes away. And it was like, you're making, and actually you would appreciate this. Uh, you have to go to the one in East Aurora, which is about, it's about 30 minutes from Buffalo. Um, okay. But probably like, it, it's one of my favorite bottle shops uh, is right next door. So the move is, uh, you know, you can't get reservations. It's a tiny little bar, uh, but you go up, put your name in, and then you go drink beer for an hour, and, <laughs> and really, really good beer. Um, and uh, and you hang out outside or inside or wherever. And they got a cool spot in the basement in that this bottle shop now too. Sick. But you got you, and then you do your beer shopping. You have a few, and then you go, you know, drink Molsons and eat chicken wings. It's the best day ever. Um, so. I digress. I think one of my favorite experiences kind of full circle of getting like a full Buffalo beer drinking sports vibe was we had gone to again, gone to see the season. That's the only two times. The only reasons I've gone uh, both times. The first time we went, I wanted to go to a Sabres game because why not? Yeah. And they had the uh, well, they've, they've been terrible for <laughs> I'll get I'll get there in a second. 15 years. Um, so I ended up, we ended up walking by the stadium and then saw the, not Molson. It was, uh, I want to say Labatt. So there was the Labatt factory that just happened to be there. Like it had been there maybe less than a year. So when we went, we got to try all these Labatt craft beers, like literally the first in the series of what they were making. That's cool. And I remember just being like, this shit's really fucking good. And I was like, are you guys like widely distributing this? Like, Oh no, this is local to here. I was like, Oh my God, what a waste. <laughs> like Labatt on its own. It's okay. But it's like the shit, like the goes that they had and some of this other stuff I was like, this would sell hand over fist. If you made this and distributed it even to like just Michigan and some of the surrounding areas. Yeah. That's a cool spot. I don't think I've ever tried. It. <laughs> it's, it's, it is way like, I don't anytime I've been there, I don't think I've tried um, like their actual craft beers or anything mm. that they produce there. I've just, I heard it went under though somewhat recently. I heard it could be a fib. 
no, because it's a, it's attached to that like business, and it's really weird because you can't take the beer and then go into the restaurant that it was attached to. So you're just sitting there with a bunch of creatures, like <laughs> the, getting rowdy. The um, the actual like brewing aspect of it, I think, is done. I don't know. I'm I'm not up to date. Um, but I I was there a few months ago for something. Um, and then and it, it's usually where you just wait till the crowds clear out of the arena and then yeah. you have a beer and get your Uber home or do whatever you got to do. And yeah. And then I finally got to see a Sabres game at the second to the season we went to, because we were going to link up with uh Hornbrook and the poison, the well dudes. And then someone got COVID. So they dropped. And then I like, we weren't really interested in going to see anyone else that first night. So I, I looked up Sabres tickets while we were at a Mexican restaurant and I go, want to go to the Sabres tickets are really fucking cheap against the yeah. Rangers. And my wife's like, sure. We haven't, hadn't been to a pro hockey game at that point. And I ended up buying an Eichel Jersey cause he had just been traded finally. <laughs> so every time I wear it, every, and that's the face that Patrick is like, really a fucking Eichel Jersey. And I was like, Hey, it was like $60. <laughs> it's like a $300 Jersey normally. Like, fuck you. Yeah. I'll say this, man. Like I didn't hate Eichel. Uh, when he left until they came like Vegas came and played here and he basically just shat on all the fans. Like you can hate an organization as much as you want because the Sabres completely ruined that guy's career. Yeah. Uh, but like fans supported you, man. Like uh, they, did and, they, didn't. they did until they didn't. Right. So I don't know, whatever he's got a Stanley cup. What do I have? You know, so <laughs> Billy Eilish, <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. So <laughs> put that in a frame, just a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh. Oh. Ugh. It really does make like because like the, the 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 shitty thing sometimes. Like it's funny because I almost my reference is almost gonna be like it's like it's like Jack Parkman from Major League Two. <laughs> Where it's like, you know, he played for the played for the Indians and then basically when he got traded finally to the White Sox, just shit on everybody. It was like yeah. this organization sucks, I'm great, you're terrible. <laughs> right. uh, what are you gonna do though? Good for him. Uh, <laughs> what um uh, I mean I'd I'd be kind of remiss since we're sort of talking about beer, it's a perfect segue. You know, everyone does kind of these band collaborations now with different breweries and so forth. I mean, I feel like at some point there's probably a way to do that with somebody, but more to the point, what's if you could do a beer for and it dies today collaboration, what would be a good beer name based on a song title that you have? And what would be your go-to style of beer? Um, what would it dies today taste like? <laughs> I, I would have to give this some serious thought. Um, I'm sure we can come up with something really punny. Let me see if I can pull up my song titles here. Uh, if I were more on it, I would have done the same, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of style, I, I it kind of depends on the season. Um, right. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to have an answer for you with the song title. Come back to me on that one. Uh, but... I I I don't care if it's uh, not cool anymore, but I love I love hazy IPAs. Um, that is my that is my shit. I love them. Uh, I have always loved well, IPAs. I mean, um, well, I feel like right out the gate, then you could probably either go with like the Radiance or a Marigold. There you go. 
There you go. Um, <laughs> I would, I would, I would personally take great pleasure in partnering with any brewer out there that wants to do an Dice Today beer. Um, that would be so sick, um, especially if I could do tastings. Um, that would be really cool. Um, but um, yeah, there's a, there's a number of really great local breweries in Buffalo. Um, Community Beer Works, uh, Big Ditch, to name a few. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be down. I think I think a brewery just reached out to us too. Could do Thin Man. They did the uh, easy thin- beer from. Thank you. I knew I was leaving out Thin Man. Um, I was like, yeah, I couldn't think of the name. I was like, I went to the place and grabbed some beers that I still have. They, they just closed. the The brewery's still. God damn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the The brewery is is going to continue, and they're going to be distributed still. But um, the the restaurant itself just closed maybe a month ago, without warning. Wow. So. Seems to be a epidemic down there. <laughs> Actually, I almost feel, I almost feel like a. Uh, I mean, it's more local to Buffalo than anything else, but as I say, like somehow make a beer that tastes like a stinger. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Dude, brutal. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Not, Don't get me wrong. I love I was going to say, not a fan? No, I love stingers. The idea of drinking one, though, makes me want to vomit. Well, I mean, that's like that. I don't want to say it's the new trend, but like the trend of like, like, I mean, fuck, they have like a French's mustard like beer. Like they make weird beers like that now where it's like based on like a food. And it's like, I think same face. I'm like, who the fuck would drink that? But then I'm also the asshole who like got because I do beer trades with different people that I've met um, where there was one. It was like a lobster was it lobster steak no i think one was steak and one was seafood flavored and like i said it to my buddy and he was just like seafood one not so great steak one not as bad as you think it would be and i was like ew like i got it for you because i thought it was just weird and you like weird beers but like yeah not not my vibe at all no i the thought of the thought of that is actually really unsettling Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh (laughs) love to do a beer would love to uh or multiple beers so throwing I, it out I there. Think, i'm got, put it out there universe come at me uh, i uh i definitely think uh multiple beers would be cool i think there's uh, i mean that's why i think deftones like that's what's pretty much behind me are all the deftones ones and they just put out a new one a rice lager yeah, which isn't really my st- style but like so far everything that they've made has been pretty fucking good yeah those collabs have been really cool um and the beer has been good and that's to me i think the most important thing <laughs> like yeah so i yeah the metallic one not great no i remember uh, my one friend of mine uh is obsessed it's like his favorite band and i remember he couldn't find them when they first came out or something and i found like a stockpile of them and just bought a shit ton of them um but uh it was all right it wasn't anything to to really write home about I think I was literally on this show doing an intro or an outro talking about it. And I go, it's one of the worst tasting beers I've ever had. I go bands that don't drink anymore. Shouldn't make beer. Cause this tastes like what they probably were drinking the last time they used to drink beer, which I think was rolling rock or like something equally or uh, Heineken and Heineken's gross. Oddly Heineken NA tastes pretty solid. I was just going to say that the Heineken NA is actually really pretty good. Um, yeah. When I was doing a sober stretch for a hot minute, just, for shits and giggles. Yeah. I was, I was stoked that Heineken NAs were available everywhere 
until about a week at a week and a half of kind of hitting bars and going to hang out with people and going to concerts. And that was my only option. I mean, there's water, but we're yeah. not drinking at all, but it's like when I wanted to have a path, drinking water, yeah. like, yeah, but it was like one of those things where it's like, by the end of like that first week, I was like, I am fucking over this Heineken NA flavor. Like, and then, you know, subsequently found like, uh, the not, is it Gronk? I think it's Gronk that does the, uh, athletic brewing, uh, these are pretty solid. Actually, the surprise was Sam Adams, just the Hayes IPA that was an NA. I swear to God, it tasted like a real beer. Like you, yeah. I would give it to people and they're like, that's non-alcoholic. I go, it's non-alcoholic. Yeah. Maruso um, has NAs from time to time and it's wild how far that has come. Yeah. So. Even Lamb of God's NA beer. That was a shock. Was it? I, I never had it. Was it good? It's uh, I did. I had a Willie on to promote that. And I took the first sip while he was chatting with me. And I was like, there's no fucking way this is an NA beer. Like Like if that, that could have gone sideways real quick. (laughs) Well, he, he, I guess he could technically see me and I knew I wasn't going to post the the video because he was just audio only. So in my head, I was like, even if it sucks, I can at least audio audibly be like, Oh, this is pretty good. (laughs) But (laughs) it was fine. That would have been like a RIP in peace. Um, Pee-wee's big adventure, like at the end of it, what paging Mr. Herman, uh, and it's got the terrible voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> Familiar? Yeah. 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 No, I was just watching uh a thing of Conan O'Brien talking about like how he's been dealing with the loss of uh Pee or Pee-wee. Like he's not a real fucking person. <laughs> of Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens, yeah. Uh forever. Paul Rubens will always like my f- two favorite scenes, and it's not necessarily Paul like one's Paul Ruben adjacent, but same movie but he's in the scene. But uh, the first one I always think of is Buffy, the vampire slayer oh. when he gets hit with the stake and he's like, Ooh, uh, uh. and then they, they bring it back during the credits when the credits are general. And he's yeah. like, Ooh, uh, kicks the thing a couple times and then dies. You're like, oh, Holy shit. What a fucking long, long drawn out joke that that was. <laughs> uh, and then the other was in blow when him and Johnny Depp are talking and Bobcat Goldthwait does all that Coke. And then he just goes, I, I can't feel my face. I can feel it, but not on the inside or something like that. And you're just like, what the fuck? I forgot he was even in that, but yeah. That, Paul Rubens that, or yeah. Bobcat? Yeah. Uh, Paul Rubens. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah. Big, kind of an integral part of that whole movie. Yeah, it's, been, it's been a minute uh, since I've seen that, but uh, yeah, man, that was, that's too bad. Uh, beloved in, in this, by me anyway. Uh, so. <laughs> I got to ask, because I see the photos behind you, are those photos either you or someone your fiance took or just random photos? Uh, no, actually. Um, and the name of the gentleman is going to escape me right now. Um, but he, he's actually a guy uh, I work with. Um, oh, OK. And it was real random. Um, my fiance like found these via some site or something like that. And uh like oh i think i know that guy that's how that came about but uh yeah this was all her idea um i think it looks pretty sweet but um we have sort of the same thing in our house but most of them are me i took them (laughs) i don't (laughs) tell people that people are just like that's a cool photo who where'd you get that like and then my wife will be like john took that on his phone and then put it on a canvas thing and i'm like the uh the city wall or city hall one here that yeah. one, that one's my favorite. I like that one a lot because our our city hall is really cool looking. So, uh, a lot of details that you, you wouldn't know are there. It's very cool. 
spot. I guess uh, kind of a, a last last question for you, uh, sure. so you can go and get ready to pick up your kids. What uh, you know, obviously new music's on the way. Um, it is a, a thing, obviously, where I'm sure people are wondering anything else, and you kind of addressed it on the lamb goat thing. I would just be more apt to say it seems like with where you guys are at and wanting to kind of continue this in some sort of capacity, would it be safe to say that the band will kind of continue on past Furnace Fest just in some sort of a part-time capacity? Even if it's just live shows, maybe doing like destination spot, like one-offs and so forth. That's the plan. So, um, yeah, we're, I, I think I, I don't foresee us doing like an album ever again. I don't know if that's what the current climate is anyway. Yeah. Nobody consumes music like that. So it's like, what, what's the point? So, and I think it's fun to what we're doing now. Like let's put out a single here and there and, uh, you know, like not have to have like a cohesive piece that we're putting out there and, do whatever we want with these songs. And uh, yeah, the idea is hopefully, and here's the thing, like hopefully, uh, you know, we get the opportunity to do that and like do some, you know, fly in festivals or, or something like that. That would be amazing. Um, You know, if the appetite is there for it, then awesome. If not, well, it's been real and we'll probably still, (laughs) still still record our songs. Um, But yeah, the idea is to, to maybe in 2024 open it up a little bit and um uh do some more shows and put out some more new music and things like that we've got like a backlog of songs that we just need to take the time to to finish um so i almost at one point was going to use that demo that Maruso had sent me as like when I was looking for music for the show yeah. I was like I should just fucking use that and it's like cuz at the time Definitely, the band was not coming back together in any capacity. So I was like, throw me Maruso, maybe like a like a fifty spot, <laughs> just be like, cool. Like, can I use this now? Because no one's ever going to hear this or use it for anything. <laughs> yeah, you sent you sent that to me. I don't know, like a week ago. I I have no idea what that is, but it sounds like it sounds like bits and pieces have definitely been sprinkled into, yeah, in, into other stuff that we've done. But I don't remember that. I thought I had. I like I'm. I have pretty much like all our demos um, of new stuff on my phone. And I was just like, what the hell is this Um, for the long, for the longest time, the, the, the hardcore or whatever, just the pride of like from doing this podcast, the two things that I was like, this podcast got me these two things, that demo. Cause at the time, nothing from it dies today was ever coming out. Like, so I had something that didn't exist and no one had. And then I still have somewhere, a blood has been shed demo that Corey sent me after he came on the show from what was going to be on the next record. You need to, we got to take this conversation offline. I'm going to, I'm going to need that. Uh, <laughs> or maybe don't because I'm just going to get bummed out because they're not a band. Oh, it is. It's like a, it's like a minute and a half or so of just the most wild shit you've ever heard. But even by their compare like standards, they are, I mean, and I'm, I'm hearing because I talked to Scott Lee uh, ahead of for doing a metal hardcore festival. Shout out Scott. Say, Love him. Absolutely. Um, he was saying that he's been trying to get them to reunite. Yeah. And I know after talking to Hojo about it, we're like, that was all I basically punished him about blood has been shed. And then I got Corey through his kid finding me and commenting on a YouTube version about that. 
And then I was like, tell your dad, I sent him a Facebook message like six years ago or five years ago at the time. And then I get an email from Corey. It's like, yeah, I'll be interested to do it. I don't really know like what I'm going to talk about. And then we just talked about a bunch of different shit. And then all the news sites picked up on all of the information about that unreleased like record, where it was at, like all of what was going on with it. And then Corey emailed me like a week later and was like, dude, all these people that were working on it with me and other people were like, yo, are, are how like, do you want to finish this? Can we finish this? Like, can I be involved if you're working on this? And he goes, so I think like we're making some headway on it. And I'm like, then I talked to Justin about it twice. Uh, the two times he's been on here and it always ends up kind of making the rounds of metal news and so forth. And Scott Lee was like, I'm trying to get them to do it. And then Justin like two weeks ago or so posted him playing a track off of a blood has been shed thing on his Instagram. And I'm just kind of like, I mean, yeah, he, he might be doing it just to like, be like, Oh, it was fun learning this thing or whatever. But I'm low key. Just like, I'm like low key. Like, man, we are as close as we have ever fucking come to a blood has been shed reunion. If there was ever a time to do it, knowing that new England and metal hardcore fest is going to happen again next year. I could see it being where it's like, all right, we have enough time to fucking work on it, a set and make it happen. Dude. If, and I will be play, there so I, fast. I will be there regardless of whether or not it dies today is playing. I will be there. Speaking with Scott Lee, what's up? Like, let's, <laughs> let's talk. That'll be the, um, that'll be the next thing I figure will happen for you. But blood has been shed is universally loved by, by it dies today. Uh, I actually fun story. I knocked Chris into another dimension or like, <laughs> shit, like had a blood has been shed show i pretty sure i'm pretty sure he was concussed um he it was accidental um but yeah when we were like 18 we saw them and i i sent him to the shadow realm man he was <laughs> he, he was he didn't know his name we pretty sure we had to take him to the hospital it was bad um but that's the kind of stuff that blood has been shed and and that's that, that that is what you feel when uh, when that they start playing. Holy hell, they're so good! Uh, I never got to see them. They because I mean the joke was Corey was like it's so and everyone basically said this. They're like it's so weird that we have this fandom all these years later because no one really attended our shows. We barely played half the shows we did play. We couldn't because we just van broke down gear problems, whatever. So it's one of those things. He's like it's just weird that people give a fuck about this thing that we did when we really didn't even get to do it. It's and I'm like, so that's kind of what added to the lore. <laughs> yeah, it's they're so good, and it, I, yeah, I've saw I've seen them a handful of times. Probably, I, I I don't know, I'm I don't know, like four or five times probably. Um, Lucky bastard. And it was just like you just it's like the the brown note kind of thing. Like you just you feel them like they're so he, heavy. He explained how he. Cause he's such a, and I mean this in the nicest way. He's such a fucking nerd, like talking about frequencies and like all this kind of shit that he explained, like, especially when they did, uh, spirals, he was explaining how he captured that tone by instead of miking like the front of the cab, they put it behind. So it was kind of getting not even the direct like noise, but almost like, the sub noise of everything and like oh oh my god it was it was like one of those things like as he's telling me the story i'm like what the fuck dude like what the fuck who would whatever, think of that whatever he did it it just makes me think about violence so <laughs> it's it worked yeah um, absolutely 
I would commit many a heinous crime to that as a soundtrack if I ever wanted to just horribly end my life with like at like a, a five star wanted level GTA style. <laughs> I would just have that as my soundtrack. It's, I mean, that's the best way to describe their music. I think <laughs> it's is literally that. Yeah. But. Um. I'm going to hit end, end this because I do want to ask you a question, but it, it's, it has a legal ramification, so I don't want there to be a, a quote-unquote audio trail. <laughs> Fair. So I'm going to end this, and uh, it was great talking to you, and hopefully cross pads, even if I have to come to Buffalo and eat eat chicken wings and beer and all those things. Sounds like a dream. Uh, no, yeah. thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. And uh, everybody, check us out at Furnace Fest and uh, Mosh. So that was my conversation with Nick Brooks again of it dies today. Want to thank him for taking the time. And honestly, I just, (laughs) it's been funny. I've been on a little bit of a high talking about all the, the Buffalo things. Like right after this conversation, I uh, was talking with my wife and I was like, Brooks was telling me that uh, Mulligan's apparently went under or closed or however you want to put that. And like even some of these other spots, and so it was kind of funny, like we were just kind of like, oh, well, that's that sucks. And we're talking about going and then it was like, oh, maybe we can go over like Labor Day weekend. We can just drive down real quick and uh, shoot over and go check out Niagara Falls and like all that kind of stuff and, and just enjoy Buffalo. Um, honestly, like if you can't tell, <laughs> if you can't tell from the end of the last like 30, 40 minutes of that that conversation or so, um, Buffalo is just a very special place. Um, aside from me being into music and bands like Terror and Every Time I Die and It Dies Today and so many other great bands, uh, Che Hawk, who's been on the show, that obviously a huge fan of his music. Um, it's it's just an eclectic vibe. Like it's it re- it is exactly what I said. It's exactly what Patrick uh, from Ice Nine told me. Actually, didn't tell me. He was telling a friend of mine that was kind of punishing him. Um, but essentially the, the, the fact is that it feels like each city feels like our own sound. So like why I love Buffalo is why I love Grand Rapids and why, you know, Patrick likes Grand Rapids is because it feels like Buffalo. Um, there's just something about it and I, and I understand it may not be for everybody, but I think that's kind of what I like about it is I think it, it's sort of a very low key endearing city that there's, it just, I don't know. It's, it's left a mark on me. I fucking love that city. I would love to go when it's not a blizzard outside uh, and experience probably how nice, especially Niagara. I just saw a friend of the podcast, uh, TJ Miller. We're actually going to be doing a chat uh, in a couple of days, actually, as I when I'm recording this. So look for that one uh, soon. Um, but him and his family just went out to, to Niagara Falls, and it, it looked very weird to see because all my photos at the same place are in winter jackets and bundled up and you know, him and his wife and kids are, you know, <laughs> on the in the actual falls area with uh, ponchos and all that kind of stuff. And it just, you know, on a hot day, it looks like it'd be a fucking blast, like a giant, like a giant water ride, essentially. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely say if, if anything that, you know, Brooks and I were talking about about Buffalo sounds interesting to you, please go. Um, it is an absolutely wonderful area. I love the fact that even supporting stuff like Patrick's uh, Beer Keep, uh, Maruso uh, with the Bean Bastard, like there's so many local businesses there. And that, I think that's what also makes it feel so unique is that it, it does have chain things, but by and large it is wholly 
made up of its local people, uh, businesses included and all that kind of stuff. So it is something that is very enjoyable, uh, very much need to go back, and I highly recommend all of you going back. I would be interested to see uh, if It Dies Today will end up doing a hometown show soon. It seems like that would be in the cards. Um, but Furnace Fest, as of right now, is the only opportunity you have um, I did get to see some of the merch designs. Uh, Brooks was really nice and, and showed me some of the merch designs that are going to go out. And uh, you're going to want to pick them up because they are really fucking rad. And the uh, one of the shirts is sort of an updated take on one of their classic shirts, which they got a hit with a cease and desist on. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, they did an updated version of it, and it is fucking rad. Uh, needless to say, they are probably going to make hand over fist cash. Uh, if not from all of you, then at least from me. Um, all of that said, though, let's start wrapping up the episode. Um, there really isn't a tour, like I said, other than Furnace Fest. That is the only date as of now. So if you are going to that, I'm envious. I'll uh, hold out and travel and spend a shitload of money like I did to go see Botch. <laughs> Uh, starting to wrap up this episode, though, if you would like to keep up with It Dies Today, well, you could go to their Facebook page. Uh, it's simply It Dies Today on Facebook. Uh, I was texting with Brooks earlier, joking that the fifth most recent post was uh, Maruso and I's podcast chat from like five years ago. Uh, and he was telling me that they don't have access to that account. So there is no Facebook, but I guess if you want to go look at that one, you can. Question marks. Uh, Instagram is at it dies today official and Twitter is at it dies today. There is no websites. Um, so pretty easy and Brooks doesn't really have anything. Um, so simple enough, uh, band kind of keeping it the way it used to be where you just kind of, you have the band pages and that's all you really got. You don't need to know anything else unless they want you to. Uh, if you like keep up with the podcast though, simple enough, Bruce speak pod on all your major social media platforms. Uh, want to thank everyone for really being excited about this episode uh when on both the twitter and instagram accounts uh of the bands when they shared uh the screenshot i had of brooks and i talking uh so many people reached out when is this coming out uh which i did kind of laugh because it, in the screenshot i said like look for this next week uh so i guess people don't read <laughs> um all that said as well, I uh, want to thank my podcast sponsors, uh, rockabilly.com. Use our code BREW10 at checkouts. Take 10% off your total purchase order. And if you happen to still be a youth large like you would have been back in the early 2000s, uh, there are some pretty sweet It Dies Today uh, youth large t-shirts with the side print. So you know it's legit <laughs> from the 2000s. With those like lower like lower side print uh, things, I remember it's so funny looking back at some of these these uh, old like merch designs and so forth, and you're like, oh god, why the fuck did we why did we think that was cool having a print that's literally like on half of your, your the side of your ribs, like and you can't even see it when you put your arms down. We were we we thought a lot of things were cool back then. I'm still waiting for the the foil print to come back. That was I did like that era of merch, especially in the the metalcore scene, like. It's like 2006, 2007, I want to say. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. There's also some watches. Um, there's a cuff watch, too, that, again, takes you right back to uh, that era of, of band merch. Um, and shout-outs to Starving Artist Brewery for being a great beer company. Uh, again, I uh, love the vibe when you go out there. It's, it's really conducive for just hanging out with people and making new friends. 
and enjoying fucking really great beer. Uh, I got a couple beers left uh, from the the flat that I was uh, given, and I was reminded that I need to make another trek up there before the uh, seasons change. Actually, I bet fall would be really nice out there because it's all outdoors. Um, Winter, probably not so much. I think they probably would close in the wintertime just because you can't really sit out there. I could be wrong. But definitely need to make a trek out there uh, and get some more beer. See what the new beers are on tap so that I can enjoy them here at the house. So until next time, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. And I'll see you all next week with Andy from Thy Art is Murder. That was a good one. I'll talk to you all then.